0: Welcome to the Odds Breakers, your number one place for shared sharp betting information. Halloween, my friends. Welcome back to Podcast Seventy Two of Two Thousand Twenty Two. I'm your host Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at obkief. Follow us, the Odds Breakers, and follow us on social media slash the Odds Breakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com for a one hundred percent sign up bonus. Please visit BetRivers. Use the promo code Odds Twenty Two. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Odds Breakers and benefit, please. Visit TheEyesBreakers.com, click shop, and become a member and pick any of our premium campers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on Patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit The Azbreakers and become a free Picks newsletter subscriber. Ah. It is our Halloween episode, my friends, and I cannot wait to get into these huge games with some scary line moves coming at you for NFL week eight and college football week nine. We have a not so scary guest for you to break down college football. Mr. Brad Powers from Brad's Power Sports is coming on to scare the living hell out of these bookies and find some value for your wonderful Halloween weekend. Before we get into all that, I want to remind you that you could watch us live every single week on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, to get the information a little bit early in case the line moves from our guest handicapper, at the oddsbreakers. just check out our youtube channel feel free to subscribe so you can get notifications when we do come on so you don't miss out on any of our plays before the line moves if you are an experienced handicapper and you're not too scared of making great plays at oddsbreakers.com, please visit theoddsbreakers.com contact us And we could set you up as a handicapper to help you monetize and grow your brand through the odds breakers. I also like to remind you guys to check out our free picks telegram channel at telegram.com. Just search for the odds breakers and you will find it. All of our handicappers putting in free plays are popping up quickly and immediately as the play is given out on our telegram channel and we of course also do that for our premium subscribers so they can get their plays before the line moves lastly make sure you check out the other podcasts at oddsbreakers.com. chris farley michael fordham patrick gates nick hub put some out as well they are all doing an absolutely fantastic job remember to set your podcasting device apps wherever you get your podcasts to play once they're ready to download all right my friends well it is mid-season now and you know what that means only the best are left and the people that use proper bankroll management are here to listen to these shows and make great plays and enjoy sports throughout the rest of the year all of the fly-by-night handicappers and all of the part-time betters have all died out (laughs) before Brad comes on I'm going to go over the NFL week eight slate with you with a few free plays as well as some great leans that I might be playing later on this week All right, NFL Week 8 Slate of Games, and I'm going to play a little bit of background Halloween music for you guys to enjoy while I give out some of these plays. Oh man, this music sounds a little bit more like people's Survivor tickets this year and their teasers. Let's switch to Graveyard here. Maybe that's, that's a little bit better. Okay. NFL week eight we have Tampa Bay hosting the Baltimore Ravens and Tampa Bay just moved from plus one and a half down to plus one well here's the deal here there's a lot of players for Tampa that they need back and maybe some of that information is kind of sneaking in here I like I said before think that the Baltimore Ravens are a little bit fraudulent Okay, I think that they do some things themselves with smoke and mirrors. So, in my opinion, I think this is a great spot for the Tampa Bay Bucks coming off those nasty losses to Pittsburgh and to Carolina. And it's a bad spot for Baltimore because it's not a division game. It's not one that they circle that they're going to win. And wasting a lot of energy in it, I think just mentally isn't good for this team when they still have a very tough Bengals team coming up soon as well as, you know, just the rest of their division. So spot-wise, it's fantastic for Tampa, but here's the two injuries that I am most concerned about. It's Akeem Hicks. He's been a massive run-stopper here, and I want to see if he's back. I, if he's back, I'm going to certainly lean the Cowbo- or the Buccaneers a lot more. And if Shaq Mason's back, that would, that would help on their guard. Antoine Winfield's out, which kind of hurts. I'm not completely as worried for Antoine Winfield. Says unlikely this game. I'm more worried about the front seven for the Tampa Bay Bucks and Cameron bright I think. Cameron Brate is kind of like the bailout guy, like Gronkowski was for this team. So if Akeem Hicks and Brate are back, I think Tampa Bay wins this game. But in order for it to be a contest play, I'd have to be pretty certain on some of these guys coming back. They did just lose KJ Britt, one of their linebackers, and he was put on IR. Next game. The Denver Broncos versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I mean, how m- much do we have to keep trusting Jacksonville here? They're now minus two. This was minus three. It's looking like Russell Wilson's going to play. So there's the line move. But this is one of those teams that just almost you can guarantee loses the turnover margin. It's been happening weekly, yet they're way better than they're, they, they've shown, right? They're DVOA is high I mean in EPA they're like 10th and 12th on offense and in defense and the Broncos have been terrible and their offensive line has been banged up but Russell Wilson now has to show something or else that massive contract that he signed is just going to be embarrassing for the team and probably a little embarrassing for him it's a very interesting game I'm gonna lean Jacksonville right now but jeez Jacksonville has been burning tickets over the last three to five days, and Denver's got that defense with guys like Patrick Sertan that could snake that ball when Trevor Lawrence throws it. Trevor Lawrence is very, very poor when he's losing a game. He has just not been able to bring his team back. Steelers versus the Eagles. This game is the Pennsylvania fight between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. And it's a big game for both of them, I guess, because of that narrative. But the truth is, you have an AFC team versus an NFC team. You have a much better NFC team in the Eagles. And if you remember, the Eagles last year, whenever they beat up a worse team, they kept putting on the pressure, just running the ball down their throat. Well, can Najee Harris get going like he did last week against the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football? That's a big question. I hate to say it, but my number is 13. My number is Eagles minus 13 uh, in this situation. So (laughs) not exactly looking to bat Pittsburgh just based upon my algorithm. But at the same time, I also think that Pittsburgh is a little bit fired up based on Kenny Pickett. They're a little bit excited I just think that they're covering spreads and winning games like against Tampa that they're not supposed to as well. No play on that game right now. Arizona versus the Minnesota Vikings. So you give the Vikings two points for home field advantage, maybe two and a half. They have a decent home field. And then the fact that they're, the, they're, the spread's four, it's saying the Vikings are one point and a half ahead of the Cardinals. I'm going to be honest with you. The DeAndre Hopkins uh, coming off, well, you wouldn't call it IR, he was suspended, right? He was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs, is a massive addition to the Cardinals. He makes Kyler Murray that much better. I mean, I think he's two to two and a half points of movement in favor of the Cardinals. I rarely say that for anybody past a quarterback. I mean, that is amazing. But you saw that. He's just so good. Murray knows where he's going to be every pass. This is very backdoorable for the Cardinals and the Vikings. Now, as far as the algorithm, it, it, most of the data points do not have DeAndre Hopkins. And so I have Air, I have Minnesota minus 5.3. If you give them two points, I have Minnesota minus 3.3. So there you go. I can't play this right now. And as a matter of fact, I lean to the Arizona Cardinals. I kind of like the Vikings in the first half. And I looked, it was minus three and a half. So apparently the whole market knows this, that uh, the Vikings kind of start hot and they fizzle out a little bit later. New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. Now this game is a great teaser leg on the Jets side. But I also like it as a play, and I'm going to give out the New York Jets plus one and a half for three stars. Here's the deal. The Patriots, obviously on a shorter week, horrible game against the Chicago Bears. But it's not just that. I cannot stand what Belichick has done to Mac Jones here with this quarterback controversy. The brand-new guy, Bailey Zappi, few months on the team you're going to put him again ahead of Mac Jones who has earned his keep Mac Jones was looked at as one of the better quarterbacks and the best quarterback of his class last year and what changed well I'll tell you what changed the Patriots stink on offense they have no good playmakers minus Ramondre Stevenson that they just kind of figured out but look at their receivers Jacoby Myers I mean Tyquan Thornton's brand new You know, Hunter Henry, you have no big star power on this team, and your offensive line is kind of suspect itself, and you're going to switch, mess with your quarterbacks like that? I think that's absolutely horrible from Belichick. This is a game that the Jets are being undervalued because they lost a running back in Brees Hall. Well, Michael Carter and Ty Johnson have been there for a long time, and now they get Robinson from the Jags. He might not play much. Running backs are not worth that much. I'm more upset about their big injury uh, to Elijah Vera Tucker. (laughs) You know, I think him going on IR is probably worse than Brees Hall, in my opinion. That's how important the offensive line is. But the Jets have been relatively healthy, and they have some depth. I know the Patriots have ruled the Jets, but that's when the Jets were bad, and that's where Tom Brady was mostly in. I like the Jets here might be a teaser leg as well Miami versus Detroit Miami minus three and a half on the road against Detroit the big problem here with Detroit is they are terrible against the pass and that's where Miami has really shined right I mean I don't see how Detroit can really stay in this game with how bad their defense they're number 32 in defensive EPA that's horrible they're number thirtieth in dropback success rate and number thirty second in dropback EPA. That's where Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill can really shine. You got—I mean, the the Dolphins are in position to blow out this team, but the problem is the Lions have a lot of fight in them, and Matt Cam, Campbell, not Matt Campbell. Dan Campbell <laughs> thinking Iowa State uh usually has this team fired up so people are looking at oh three and a half point dog here that's a sucker play in my opinion <laughs> I like Miami at three at three and a half it's certainly a strong lean for me into this game uh Vegas Raiders versus the Saints I'm I, I have this as a uh, pick them I think I have the the Raiders favored by a half point on the road at the Saints Here's the thing. Andy Dalton is not good, but is Jameis Winston worse? <laughs> I really don't know. They've been starting Dalton over Winston. You never know what they're going to do. I I, I really have these quarterbacks pretty close, but I also have this game around pick them. Michael Thomas might come back, and that'd be great for the Saints. They need somebody big there. If, if Chris Olave can't just be carrying this load. Jarvis Landry might be back. Uh, and my biggest question is Marshawn Lattimore. If Marshawn Lattimore is back, maybe one of those receivers, then maybe I'll start leaning the Saints. But I'll tell you this. The Raiders are one of those teams with a high variance. They show up big or they don't show up at all. It's just very strange. They've always been my crutch. I'm probably staying away from this. I don't even like teasing the Saints, really. I think they could get blown out like they just did against Arizona. They outgained Arizona by a lot. They should have done better, but... You're talking about Carr versus Dalton or Winston. Very high variance, turnover-prone quarterbacks. Carolina versus Atlanta. Atlanta is minus four, total 42. This was at six before and some money came in on the Falcons. I agree with that money. And it's actually coming a lot closer to where my number was on the Falcons here. Um... My actual projection in this game is Atlanta minus 4.5. So I'm, I'm close to the number right here. But what I will say is that Carolina is in a bad spot and Atlanta is in a good spot because Carolina had that massive win against Tampa, possibly might let down here a little bit against Atlanta, who... It's just a better team than Carolina. They're not great, though. The problem with Atlanta, massive secondary health issues. And they got absolutely torched by the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals last week. I was one of the bets that I definitely lost was Atlanta uh, last week. <laughs> Next game. The Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. This thing went from plus four to plus two. And I'm not going to lie. I took them at plus four. Gave that out on Sunday. I thought it was ridiculous. Ryan Daniel in a walking boot. This Tennessee team is not good. They get by with smoke and mirrors. Positive turnovers. I see regression coming for this team. 23rd in offensive EPA, these Titans. Actually, sorry, 23rd on in defensive EPA. In offensive EPA, they are pretty bad themselves. Sorry, 23rd on, on offense, 18th on defense. But they are big-time negative in some of the other metrics, like yards per play, yards per point. I think it's important to know that Tennessee's a bit overrated. Now, Houston, they're probably rated properly properly and they're one of the worst teams that I have in all of football. But to be honest with you, they're only 26th in offensive EPA. You know, there's six teams worse than them. And on the defensive side, they're also 26th and they're at home. So, the rule is whenever there's bad teams You take the points and Houston just happens to be a home dog here in a much better spot. They're actually controlling the Raiders for a few quarters there, two and a half, three quarters of that whole game last week, while the Titans only got by the Colts based upon Matt Ryan being terrible. I think that Houston is a fantastic teaser leg with a total of 40 and a half, and I also think that. Houston might still be a good play at the plus two, but I only can lean that at the plus two right now. Next game. The Giants versus the Seahawks, minus three, total 45. This is a perfect spread, in my opinion. Metrically, I have the Seahawks a little bit closer to two, but we know the Giants are getting by. With some smoke and mirrors themselves, they get out-gained a lot. But they're just making great football decisions, and Dayball has them pumped up. The Seattle's also getting by just based upon great quarterback play. <laughs> Their defense is really bad in Seattle, but they actually showed up a little bit from the front line and forced turnovers and beat the Chargers, which we you know we were on Seattle last week. I have Seattle as a little bit of a below average team, and I have the Giants as a little bit of a below average team as well. So, I mean, this is a big travel spot for the Giants. Something's got to give, yet, I mean, I almost feel like something's got to give with Seattle too a little bit. Both these teams are probably full of themselves playing in this matchup. Now, I wouldn't even call them bad teams, so it's not like take the points. But I guess I would lean Seattle here, even at the three, just based upon how well they are playing on offense here. San Francisco 49ers versus the LA Rams. Rams plus 1.5. The total in this game is 43.5. This is going to be an awesome game, in my opinion. And we have a play on it as well. It's not a hard handicap at all. Rams coming off a bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. But they're also coming off a win before the bye against Carolina. It's not like a complete desperate situation. I know they've underachieved in many spots. But San Fran's been banged up this year, especially to their secondary. Um, It showed bad against the Chiefs last year. Very bad uh, last week. So they gave up like 44 some points. Well, I like to bet on embarrassed teams, right? It's a good situation. Look what happened when Carolina gave up that whole second half and were embarrassed by the Rams last week. What did they do? They beat Tampa. Well, San Francisco has some issues on defense, but there's a chance that Jason Verrett's going to come back, which I like. Um, I believe that, Debo Samuel's going to play this game. He's only questionable. And they do have Ward back and Nick Bosa, the pass rusher. Now, that's the biggest thing about this is Nick Bosa, the pass rusher here. I think that he can control the line of scrimmage or help control it and give Matt Stafford a lot of pressure. That's where the Rams are bad. The Rams have one of the worst offensive lines in all of football. So, here's the trends. Looking at the past eight matchups, Kyle Shanahan owns them. He won seven of eight, their last, of eight of their last matchups and covered seven of eight of their last matchups. I mean, that is a massive coaching advantage, in my opinion, for the 49ers. EPA. EPA has the Niners better both on offense, ranked 15th to the Rams 31st and defense, 8th to the Rams 9th. DVOA has the 49ers ranked number 8, sorry, number 10. And the Rams are sitting way down there at number 23. So all the numbers are pointing towards the Niners. Why is the spread not bigger? Well, because they're just really beat bad last week. What's this number if the Niners did all of a sudden beat Kansas City? It's past the three, in my opinion. The Niners already owned them once this year. The Rams are still on a hangover, in my opinion. So this Rams offensive line has been terrible, as you know. Um, I think that the Niners, it's a big spot for them. Take control of this division. 49ers minus 1.5. And we're going to do that for 2.5 stars. (laughs) All right. Next game. The Washington Commanders against the Colts. The Colts are minus 2.5-ish. There's a lot of... uh, question marks in this game because you have Tyler Heineke second game big letdown spot after beating the Packers you have the Colts with Sam Ellinger which we've only seen in preseason total of this is 40 it's this this is the interesting thing for me I think Sam Ellinger is an upgrade I'm not sure he could be a downgrade but I think he's an upgrade it's not like I knew he was an upgrade like Heineke was But what I do know is this total is a little bit low, even though metrically it kind of comes around the 38, 39. And the reason that is, is because for one, they're playing in a dome. They're playing in Indianapolis where points are scored. Number two, the Heineke upgrade to the commanders gives them more power on offense. And I think that they're going to be able to put up some points against this Colts D. That's probably a little bit rusty. I think that's a big part of it. And uh, the Colts aren't exactly great against the pass, ranking 20th in pass DVOA. I think that Frank Wright is able to get some points here with his young quarterback. And the Commies, 29th in pass DVOA. So some things point towards the Colts, yet I also think Heineke's an upgrade. I think the safest play here... Is taking the over forty. When there's two young quarterbacks, you can also get some craziness. They their receivers are not in check with them. They throw some picks, possibly a pick six. You might get some of that in this game, uh, high variance type game that helps push that push this a little bit over as well. So I like the over forty just for two stars. So next game we have the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills, and that's going to be the Sunday night game, here's the problem. Obviously, the Packers have looked terrible, and they aren't a good team right now. They do have a stud quarterback in Rodgers that just has underperformed, yet he doesn't have that camaraderie yet with his receivers. The problem with the Bills is they are so metrically off the charts that I have them winning by 15 points. But do I want to lay the 11? in a desperate situation against the Packers. The Bills are coming off the bye. That's the big question here. What do they say about laying double digits in the NFL? It's not always the best thing to do. It's, I think that's kind of died off as well. But the fact that this spread didn't move down to 10 when it was 10 and a half and instead moved to 11 is very, very telling. The Bills do not take off the gas. They love destroying teams when they have it going. If you just look at DFOA, The Bills are at 44.5%. And the next team is the Philadelphia Eagles at 29%. 15 percentage points difference. Then it's Dallas at 24%. Kansas City at 21%. Baltimore at 20.8%. Cincinnati at 14%. Those are bunched up. The Bills are just way off the charge in power. Metrically, the Bills should be able to cover this spread. Can you get to the windows? The question laying double digits in the NFL. And finally, the Bengals versus the Browns. Bengals minus 3.5. This is a great spot for the Browns. The Browns have that loss last week. Can they control the line of scrimmage and get their running backs going? They kind of did that a little bit against Baltimore. It's a very good spot for the Browns, but metrically, my number favors the Bengals. I have the Bengals winning this game by six points. I missed the three. I'm very disappointed that I did. Didn't really trust it yet. The Bengals have looked bad in some of these situations, going against Dallas' second-string quarterback, losing that game. I um, believe they lost to the, or tied to the Steelers earlier this year as well. They just kind of just all of a sudden get cold and underperform. You could see that in this game too. There's a no play for me in this situation, so unfortunately uh, I don't have anything better for you for this game. I have a premium play on the Bears game, so I'm not going to cover that one. I just know that the Bears are not in the greatest spot, obviously, coming on a short week. Yet, should Dallas be laying double digits with some of the injuries that they have is the big question that you guys probably have to ask yourselves. All right, now it's time for our Refuse to Lose teaser. That is two, four in 2-4-1. We got it back on track last week, finally. As you know, teasers have been very difficult. We're going to go with the Denver Broncos plus 8.5. Low total of 39.5. It's just a situation where Russell Wilson has to do something. And I kind of mentioned that a little bit before. You have a low total. You're getting past the key numbers. And I know Jacksonville, metrically, is better Um, you know if you have equal turnovers Jacksonville should be winning this game by four to six points if some reason the Denver gets a positive turnover margin which has been happening they could possibly win this game outright so uh, you're in the situation where I think you're pretty safe taking the Broncos on the low total and I also like the Jets to plus eight in this situation, I think that the Belichick is completely screwing up his job, messing with his quarterbacks like this. I think the team might get a little frustrated. You have to remember that you know Belichick has that kind of hard nose type coaching. I don't care what your problems are, which is good for winning teams and bad for losing teams. So this situation, the Jets, in my opinion, are as good or better than the Patriots and they're sitting here with a plus two at home I'm taking the Jets to plus eight with Denver Broncos to plus 8.5 for two stars all right now it's time for our guest Mr. Brad Powers from Brad Now I'm very excited to welcome back one of the most renowned sports betters in college football, Mr. Brad Powers from Brad You can follow him at Brad Power7. Brad, Halloween weekend coming up, my man. How the heck you doing? Doing well.
1: I see you got your mask on there. I mean, I, I wear a mask every day. It's called my ugly fat face. But uh, I, I like that you're in the theme here. And uh, we'll, we'll see, uh, the, you know, what kind of weekend we got in store for us when, when it comes to the football action.
0: Well, well, it, I'm, I'm supposed to be a uh wolverine and it's a poor man's wolverine and i mean (laughs) very poor i stole this mask from my kids and just cut out the eyes a little bit bigger it's not really working out so well right now but uh (laughs) trying to uh get into halloween spirit my man and uh do you have any plans for the halloween uh, festivities
1: I do not as of right now. Uh, it's tough. It's my favorite holiday by far, but uh, it also comes during the smack dab in the middle of my busiest time of the year, that yeah. being football season. So yeah. I haven't been able to enjoy the festivities the last you know, decade.
0: Well, maybe you would like dress up as a vampire on Sunday when you go into the circa before you suck the blood out of those early lines that they put out.
1: There you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, not a bad I like idea that. i like the way you're thinking i'll tell you what i like that outside the box uh they don't see me because uh they, thankfully it's called you can bet from your app i don't have to leave, leave my living room when i'm
0: betting That's i know it but remember true. they started with the thousand limits but they obviously went up but um before uh before they started with uh more limits on the app but yeah uh it would it'd be fun to see around in a vampire on fremont street so just thought uh thought i'd give you a couple ideas there i I'd fit right in down
1: there i could tell you that
0: <laughs> exactly well it's halloween so we gotta ask some halloween questions in college football my man and i've been dying to ask this one because i have my own scenario here but what is the scariest scenario for college football committee in december when picking the four teams to go to the playoffs
1: I think you start with the SEC, and there's a legitimate case that can happen where you have three one-loss SEC teams, where it's just simple. Georgia beats Tennessee. They'll be significantly favored to do so. Uh, Tennessee wins out there 11-1 with a win over Alabama. Georgia wins out, goes to the SEC championship game. But they play Alabama, and they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. So you have three (laughs) one-loss SEC teams that all have great wins, all have great resumes. Alabama gets in because they're the champ. Uh, I would say the pecking order would be Georgia 2, then Tennessee. But still, Tennessee would be a very viable option as the third team in the SEC. <laughs> then you go, I mean, doesn't take – you don't have to be Elon Musk to, you know, the Big Ten. I mean, Ohio State and Michigan, they both meet un- unbeaten. Winner there goes on wins the Big Ten championship. They're going to be in, but you're also going to have a one-loss Big Ten team that's very uh, – you know, it has a good resume. TCU wins out, uh, the, the team in the Big 12. Uh, I think they're in if they went out. I mean, yeah, the Big me 12 too. is a legitimate conference. You're on beat you're in. Uh, USC went, wins the Pac-12. They're a one-loss team. Their only loss is by one point at Utah. They would have a very you know good resume as far as I'm concerned. Then you got Clemson. They, they went <laughs> out. Uh, they're looking pretty good. So who makes it there? I think actually – you go with the unbeaten ACC team, Clemson, the unbeaten winner of the Ohio State Michigan game. You go with an unbeaten TCU team, and then you go with the SEC champ. But you'll have like four legitimate teams that, in probably any other playoff season, would have would have been in the playoffs, and yet they'd be all sitting at home. So. Uh, I think that would be uh, a nightmare scenario as far as I'm concerned. And you don't have to get that creative to come up with it. I mean, a lot of this stuff would be the odds on favorite to happen at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I want chaos, Brad. Um, as being a fan of the Badgers, I've been close to the playoffs, but just never been able to touch it. I've always hated the fact that there's two teams for a while and then four teams. Not enough for me, my man. And so mine is exactly some of the things you just said. Clemson loses the ACC title game in a close one to North Carolina. Ends up oh, with. Wow. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that TCU loses at Texas, but wins the Big 12 title game by a lot. Ends up with one loss. Tennessee beats Georgia and in overtime and then georgia loses to alabama based upon a bad call we'll, we'll give them all one loss right there Brad. georgia finishes with one loss michigan beats ohio state in overtime and loses to illinois in the big 10 championship game with one loss ohio state ends up with one loss to the michigan and usc wins out dominating oregon with one loss that that's my dream scenario brad
1: I think yours is a little more far fetched than mine, <laughs> but everything's on the table at this point. This, As of right now, no, look, you got to let it play out. It's still October. But as of now, I think th- this season in particular, I mean, you you can see at least six to eight teams that have a, are going to have a legitimate case to, to be made as far as the playoff this year. Where sometimes I think you're searching for just that fourth team. Usually, can you have three teams? You're always searching for who's that fourth team? Who's that fifth team? This year, I think you're going to be able to go a little deeper. Now, with that being said, I still think there's only three legitimate national title contenders. Yeah. Alabama, Georgia, and uh, Ohio State.
0: You know, I know I, Alabama
1: lost to Tennessee, but I mean, come on.
0: I'll tell you this. Tennessee and Michigan has certainly pushed a little bit higher, but my argument's always been yeah. the same. I say if, if it's 12 teams, if I'm that kid in Florida, I'm a five-star recruit. I'm not f- forcing myself to go to Bama because there's four teams. I'm saying there's 12 teams in the playoffs. My Gators can make it. I'm staying here. It spreads out recruiting in my opinion in the future. So, uh the whole argument of well, it sh- there should be no more than 3 teams really in the playoffs, you know, if you want to look at how they blow out teams kind of goes to waste because I truly believe that expanding the playoffs will expand recruiting geographically, Brad.
1: I certainly could see that. Uh there's a lot of things going on in college football that I'd like to see played out for a few years that uh, we're in the infancy of NIL uh, transfer portal, uh, expanding the playoff. I mean, this sport fundamentally is going to be completely different <laughs> in the next few years. I mean, obviously, we're getting uh, expansion of the major conferences, Texas, Oklahoma leaving. I, I want to see it play out. Here's what I do want. I, I don't mind as a better. Sure. This, l- let's expand the playoffs because there's more games, big games to bet on. What I wouldn't, what I would like to still have though, is the bowl games, uh, especially for the smaller schools. Because I'm here to tell you, those are very positive EV, right. and I don't want those to completely go away. So even if we expand the playoffs, I hope we still have some bowl games to bet on.
0: Oh my God, please keep <laughs> the bowl games. I mean, it's something. It's a gift to these schools. It's a it, the kids deserve it. I would not want the bowl games go, bowl games going away. There's no reason for it, but I think the sports betting as it gets bigger just makes the bowl games more prominent as as it is. Yeah. So I think we're going to be safe in that. So pivoting now, I would like to ask you this, and I I have my own answers as well. Being it's Halloween, what is the spookiest bad beat that you have ever had that still haunts you today, Brad?
1: Easy answer here. You're going to ask me what, you know, for on the other side, that's going to be tougher because it's always easier to remember your losses than your wins. It's simple for me. It's it's highlighted right on Scott Mann Belt's Bad Beats. I was working in North Coast Sports at the time with Phil Steele, Ralph Michaels. We had our bowl game of the year on Duke plus nine in the Belk Bowl against Cincinnati. There is under 90 seconds left in the game. The game is tied. You have Duke plus nine, and the game is tied. And Duke is on the two-yard line, going in to score to go up seven points. Clock is running at second down and goal. They fumble the ball. Cincinnati gets it. You're still good. It's a tie ball game. There's a minute and a half left. They're back at their own two-yard line. Somehow, I mean, Cincinnati goes the length of the field. Travis Kelsey catches a long touchdown pass. They score. You're still safe. Uh, you're down seven. But then uh, Duke's quarterback, uh, you know, throws basically a pick six. Boom bang since he's up 14. You go in from having a plus nine underdog that's almost true fire to win the game outright. So you don't even cover a nine-point spread. Uh, the worst bad beat I've ever had in my career. I remember to this day where I was, what I was doing. 10 years ago
0: that is bad brad that is i i remember that now that you brought that up you know and it's funny you do remember the bad ones you never remember the good ones it's kind of funny how that is and how our mind works like that i can go back to my high school football days i i remember when i should have gotten that tackle missed an easy interception but i don't remember the sacks or anything that i got from the defense it's so true man i'm going to tell you mine Mine is the 2017 Super Bowl. I bet Atlanta before the playoffs at 22-1 to 1 to win the Super oh, wow. Bowl. And I'm sitting there at halftime up 27 points thinking I'm good. And what happens? Boom. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick have the biggest NFL comeback I've ever seen in my life in this big of a game and completely destroy that ticket. I w- Brad, I at least was smart enough to hedge a little bit uh at the half i actually was like holy cow uh i think it was like like 16 to 1 18 to 1 or something big and i didn't put i didn't put a big bet on it though i i probably just covered my bet you know i would have made way more but i'm like i'll throw a little bit on the patriots because they're the patriots well they ended up winning the game that was probably one of the worst bad beats that i remember my man so that was brutal. you probably remember that they still talk about that
1: Oh, absolutely! Oh my goodness, that's that's not good at all. (laughs) Well,
0: well, being that it's Halloween, it's his bad beats and good treats because I it's hard to think of a name the opposite of bad beat. I've always said good treat. Well, it kind of works like in Halloween. Good trick. What's your good trick or treat that uh, that you have had opposite of a bad beat? Um, And so I will give you mine first. And okay. Um, this isn't i can i can go with any like over obviously i the game gets tied i should the under should have hit blah 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 that's happened to us plenty of times but i'm going to go back to 2019 bowl season where florida atlantic opened minus three and a half favorite against smu and i thought the line was short man and i was like first to to make this bet and i did it on this show and i was like florida atlantic minus three and a half. That's what my numbers said. They're at home, you know, but then all of a sudden all the uh, news comes out of players for FAU and Lane Kiffin's team sitting out and this line flipped quickly to plus six. It ended up closing at plus seven, but it wasn't just that, Brad. It was the three weeks before the game that I had to look like an ass giving out for Atlantic minus three and a half with a 10 point swing the other way on the line i mean it was painful just sitting there with that ticket like i and then i'm seeing people i respect taking the smu side i don't think a polish middle didn't come through my mind a couple times hearing all that momentum on smu so i'm just sitting here thinking this is completely dose toast lo and behold fau wins the game 52 to 28 anyways and you just couldn't wipe the smile off my face the whole rest of the day brad
1: i was on the other side of that and quick story i put my fist through a door that day <laughs> Oh, Jesus. so i mean it was another it was a bowl game of the year for me on uh, smu i was getting whispers of the news that fau was going to be missing several starters Obviously, Kiffin's gone. They had uh, it was a really bad situation for him. Obviously, there was a reason why the line moved ten points and wasn't even close. So uh, it was in the second quarter, I think. It was raining uh, and just something happened. One specific play, and I knew I was dead at that point. And I uh, put my those last time I really got hot headed. I think there might have been something in twenty twenty that happened, but that was one of the last times I, I lost my temper
0: uh on, on a college game <laughs> or i i think i i've had some drywall issues in the past myself brad on, in situations but as my years my as i aged and my knuckles get uh more banged up it's uh i i've learned to hold my temper a little bit myself but yeah, no, yeah i understand uh i've lost a few remote controls but th- yeah. it, i i kind of thought you might have been on the other end of that game too because i think i remember oh, I, was. You, I think i remember you talking about it so um for me it was a good treat and just because i had to, it, it's because i had to sit there with for three weeks on that ugly thing so um whether whether uh it was it
1: worked out for you
0: yeah yeah it's just one of those ones that worked, worked out, out for
1: my fist
0: <laughs> <Lane Kiffin laughs> just Lane Kiffin got the second string motivated let's just let's uh, just face it man how about you do you remember anyone that uh was on you were on the opposite side of a bad beat or anything like that
1: I don't really uh, I'll give you one though. One of my very close buddies. I mean, this was one, a miracle type play. Uh, he had a 10 team parlay Adva- he's an advantage parlay. So this was a, you know, old school Vegas parlay cars playing stale numbers, played, played a 10 teamer. It was a Monday night football game against Kansas city and Washington five years ago. Uh, he had 55 grand on the line and uh, there were shenanigans on the final play uh, for Washington uh and you know they did the old you know pitching the ball back pitching the ball back Kansas City picks it up runs it in ends up covering the the spread there I think they were laying like five and a half or six ended up winning 29 20 and he won 55 grand on a 10-team parlay so that <laughs> one I remember just because I was sitting next to him while it happened and uh he was excited I'll put it that way
0: yeah yep yep that's true that's true that's uh that you probably couldn't live bet hedge that situation either back then. So. He hedged a little
1: bit. Uh, it wasn't a full fifty five grand win. I mean, that was the winning ticket for him, but he hedged, hedged back maybe thirty or forty percent. I want to say. I mean, because it's a Monday night game, you know. I mean, you can he- you can play the hedge at that point. It's the only game. It's not like it's a Sunday and you you, you know got multiple games going on at the same time. But uh, he did hedge back a little bit.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's good because uh, one of our listeners, Vince, said that his eight leg parlay on monday night football ravens minus three at the chief spread was still minus three at half didn't hedge ravens lose oh my god nine nine grand oh. off the 50 bucks well i think that i feel like it's always one leg man it, it's just how yeah. parlays are that's why i always use just fun money on the um the old parlays but that's a great story i love talking about this kind of thing brad so thank you for sharing very much but let's get in to a massive card this weekend brad let's start out with a team that you always seem to have a different hat when i see a notre dame same team different hat i don't know how many different notre dame hats you have my man but they are going to syracuse this weekend and it's going to be a fun one uh i think that you know, Notre Dame, some ugly losses this year. Uh, they it really shocked people They uh, that first week against Ohio State. You know, people thought, okay, Notre Dame's here, but, you know, then you lose to Marshall. <laughs> Stanford has 16-point favorites. What are your thoughts on this? Syracuse in an interesting spot after a tough loss at Clemson.
1: Tough game. I went into Sunday morning because I bet openers. Even you know week nine, I'm still firing away. I think I bet 40 of them on Sunday. I went in expecting to bet Notre Dame. I thought it was going to be a nice spot to sell Syracuse. I think people probably overreacting to the close loss against uh, Clemson, a game that they certainly benefited from plus three turnovers, including a 90-yard fumble return touchdown. I thought people you know, watching Notre Dame the last couple of weeks haven't been that impressed. So I was expecting Notre Dame plus three, maybe even plus three and a half to bet Notre Dame. I was stunned. her name open favorite, so I actually ended up betting Syracuse. You bet numbers, not teams. I, I think there's a pack here for the Irish, and that would be their run game, which is improving throughout the course of the season. Their offensive line, I would say, they're, is their best unit. They're also deep at running back. Uh, if they can, if you just gave me one stat besides turnovers, that I could take a peek at, like and, and say, hey, who, just looking at one stat and saying, hey, who covers the game? I would just who, who can establish a run here for, for either team? I think Notre Dame can win the line of scrimmage. And I think that they're a pretty live dog here, but if they can't, I just, if they got to rely on drew pine, I don't like my chances. If I have a Notre Dame ticket, because I'm here to tell you nothing against the kid should not be a starting quarterback for the fighting Irish in Notre Dame. I, I don't know how he got recruited.
0: Yeah. Well there, yeah, it's, he, he's been really missing out. Um, I think I lost again when I bet Notre Dame versus Cal. You know, I I have oh. a lot of... I know, I know. And, and, then I, and then I lost betting against Notre Dame with uh, uh, UNC. No, yeah, North Carolina, I thought. Yep. I, 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 that was just... Had great line value, but I threw that into the line vet CLV fire pit. I, I do have a lot of issues with this game. I, I wanted to talk about it because it was big, and I know you're a big Notre Dame fan. Um, It's just Notre Dame has the harder schedule, the uglier losses... Yep. Notre Dame's got Clemson on deck too, don't they? They have Clemson coming yep, up do. here. And so, it's just a really tough spot for them. My power ratings have this probably close to her pick 'em. you know. I want to bet Hughes. I I think Hughes is a great story, but the truth is they were outgained pretty good against Clemson last week and yep. you know, they 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 probably should have lost that game. It, they had a shot to win it, but they, you know, just based upon the box score I'm saying. So, you know, both teams weak against the run, ranking 84th and 87th in opponent rushing success rate. Just a game, I'm probably staying away. But if, if for some reason either side was over a three, I would probably take it, Brad.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's certainly a type. But, you know, I I like Syracuse with a plus sign. It didn't even have to be three for me to, to bet Syracuse there mm-hmm. with a plus sign. But, again, it was a situation. We saw the market react exactly that way. Got to three on Syracuse. We saw it didn't last very long, less than a day that the money came in on Notre Dame. So I think the markets, I wouldn't expect it to get back to three, to be honest with you. Uh, I think it's going to be staying right here in that Syracuse, you know, under three, uh, under a three point favorite here. Intriguing game. It's just, I don't think it's a great value pick. Uh, And I could certainly see it going either way. And again, I think the team that can. Establish the run. I think Syracuse is certainly going to try it. I mean, Sean Tucker, the running back, only got five rush attempts last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ridiculous uh, for him. So they're going to they're going even if he's not having success early. They're going to keep feeding him, keep feeding him, and we'll see. Uh, really tough. I mean, Notre, You mentioned Clemson. I don't think there's a look ahead for Notre Dame. The fact that they've already lost three games, they got to focus on every single game and not be looking ahead to anybody right now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Clemson. Um, yep. Uh, they they know they should not be looking ahead to anybody nor dame's got to finish out and so that's another yeah. thing that i like to fade when people think it's a look ahead spot yet they have a couple losses i'm like no it's not look ahead they, they have some losses they gotta they gotta win every game here so two and a half uh total 48 there's definitely some prep push to the under on this one i i lean that way too i i think there's gonna be a great pretty pretty low scoring game let's move on to the was it the biggest cocktail party they call it or the greatest cocktail party i have it written down here um, the largest
1: outdoor largest
0: party. yeah probably with yeah. some good halloween costumes in jacksonville florida i have a play on this brad uh george is favored by about 22.5 according to my notes here as you can see i i think that um it's a big spread but i mean florida is not the team that we once remembered are they
1: no, they're not. I mean, this is the largest point spread uh, as far as Georgia being favored in the history of the rivalry. I think is deserved I just don't see a path for Florida having much success in this one, particularly offensively where they're one-dimensional. Anthony Richardson's a poor passer. I know he was a Heisman favorite after week one. He's got a negative touchdown-interception ratio, and I just don't see how they can beat Georgia over the top offensively. So Georgia's going to stack the line of scrimmage. Florida does have a good ground game. They average 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, but we'll see if they can have success against Georgia here on the other side. I mean, Florida's defense has gotten gashed against their top three offenses that they've faced so far this season, including LSU in their last game at home. They lose in the swamp. Uh, I bet the under, I'm not, I'm not going to be a big guy laying, you know, the largest point spread in the history of a proud rivalry. Uh, but, but I didn't race to the window to bet Florida. I can tell you that not that I, I think there's great value on the other side there, but, uh, I bet under just because I don't see Florida having much success offensively. So under fifty six and a half and a half would be my preference here.
0: Okay. So what's funny, that goes a little bit against what I'm going th- uh, towards oh. here. Well, it, in a way, because I like a team total, uh, it's not out yet. Obviously it should be out like a day before the game in some books. Uh, it's supposed to be a little rainy and windy. And I think that kind of gave towards uh, some, well, some light towards the under. I think that Georgia just won't be stopped. Uh, I I think they put a number on that they want in this game, and I think even with the rain, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Florida's uh, offensive uh, or defensive success rate is in the hundreds, man. Uh, they're terrible. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Uh, this is a, a one that George is not going to uh, lay up for. And uh, you know, with a spread of twenty two and a half, this team total should be around the thirty nine. Uh, from what I was able to figure out, thirty nine, seventeen, something like that, um, that's exactly fifty six. Yep. So I think that's a little bit low. I mean, the Bulldogs average forty two points per game anyway, Brad. And um I, and that's against I guess I, I you probably would say average teams, but floor is well below average on defense. you know, I, I think even running the ball, even if it's a little bit rainy or wet, the Bulldogs are going to put up over 40, so I like their team total over for a few stars, my man.
1: 45 to 10 works for me. Let's win them both.
0: <laughs> All right, let's win them both on this one. Here's the one that I got to a little bit early, and I'm still scratching my head why this spread really hasn't flipped. Um, I know this team has not been good this year, and we're looking at Virginia, and they're hosting Miami, but Miami's been putrid. And you're, you know, I, it's always the same thing. You hate fading teams after that ugly game,
1: but I don't see, yep. uh,
0: they've already had their ugly game against middle Tennessee state and they had another one. So if that's the case, it's just telling me Miami's not ready. I, I love your tweet, by the way, fire Cristobal. I think it was, you're just yep. kind of going with some of the narratives that people were kind of shouting out there, but that was a wonderful tweet. I saw on Saturday or Sunday. Um, I don't know why Miami's favored uh, I, the Canes they had eight turnovers last game um, which is seven more than USC has had all year <laughs> so that's how USC is holding on to the ball Miami dead even in net yards per play with Virginia and you'd think that they've played a hard schedule but Texas AM and is not showing that they are that big of a competition right now. Virginia was terrible at the beginning, but they got it together versus Georgia Tech last week. And Georgia Tech's not a good team, and they lost their quarterback, Sims. But Virginia at least does have a .4 net yard per play advantage in the advanced metrics, uh, 88th and EPA margin. Um, I just think that this is a spot where Virginia kind of got it together over the bye. Tyler Van Dyke, He's looking like he's out this game. He's listed as Agreed. questionable. Why would Miami still be favored with Van Dyke in this situation? I like the Cavaliers. I took him at three. I still like him at two and a half, my man, uh, at home here. When in doubt, grab the points against two bad teams.
1: There you go. I laid two in Miami, unfortunately. ah. Uh- uh- uh, don't act like I mean, hell I can lose. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, speaking of losing, that's all Miami does against the points spread their own six against <laughs> FBS opponents failing to cover by more than two touchdowns per game. So, I mean, I must be glutton for punishment that I went back to Miami for the second week in a row, but I, I don't mind playing off an historical performance. It was historically bad. Eight turnovers, more than more yeah. turnovers than any power five team. Uh. In any game in over a decade, any Power Five team in any game in over a decade. So, um, I've seen some flashes in Virginia Tech game. Of course, they get backdoored. I saw some flashes even in the North Carolina game. Although, again, that was Tyler Van Dyke and not Jake Garcia quarterback. And hell, even after a bunch of turnovers in the first half, they're up four. I actually thought I could still cover the game against Duke last week, and then they just had a total meltdown uh, after that point. So, I, it's not necessarily a play on Miami. It's actually a play against Virginia. I just, I hear you on the Georgia tech game. I just, I don't even know if they win that game. If Jeff sins don't go off or doesn't go off for Georgia tech. So I just wonder what the narrative is then, because I don't have a lot of data points that are really positive for Virginia under Tony Elliott. So we'll just, you know, agree to disagree, but I will say this. You took three. I bet numbers, not teams. I wouldn't be running the window to lay three i'll put it that way i just laid under and you know under under three became a bet for me at three it wouldn't be a bet for me
0: well we can just say that let's hope one of us pushes here and uh, see how it kind of goes out here you know you know the georgia Georgia tech did do well in the red zone Uh, virginia would get to the red zone and crap out a bit i did notice that i wonder what happened to brennan armstrong um the quarterback Tony right.
1: Elliott happened to him. He's a terrible <laughs> offensive line.
0: Yeah, that's that's possible. He lost his. Uh, they lost their coordinator to, I believe, uh, Pittsburgh. Syracuse. Right? Or Syracuse. Syracuse. That's it. Yep. yep. That was an interesting move, and uh, that that that's hurting them. But a uh, little bit extra rest from the Thursday game, uh, but then the spot favors Miami. So this is one maybe. Listeners might stay away. But this is also what I like. You know, we don't go over. I don't, I don't say, Brad, what are you going to like? You know, we we do yeah. this uh, genuinely. So if we're going to uh, disagree, we're really going to have a real disagreement here.
1: I but, actually prefer it because I absolutely hate the shows where everybody agrees on everything all the time. I'm like, then why is the number where it's at? If everybody agrees, yeah, got to bet it, got to bet it. Then why <laughs> isn't the number moving? Somebody's got to be on the other side. So the market, I mean, so I love this.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you very much. Let's move on to. A big game in the Pac-12. Well, I mean, it's a big spread. A little bit of a scary spread for Arizona in the Halloween spirit. USC is at Arizona. And they're 14-point. Arizona's 15-point dogs. Actually, it's 15 and a half some books. This total is massive at 75. I'm just going to bring up the line. I write it down when I do my handicaps. And I'm curious to see if that line has... uh, yeah, it's a little juice to USC here on the DraftKings and uh the total is seventy-six and a half now. So that thing moved up yep. since I capped this game. A lot of movement towards the over, Brad. I'm gonna let you go first.
1: That's the highest total I think I've seen at the FPS level this year. I mean, I get it, I understand it, but my man, you gotta be super efficient to get to get over that total. You can't have any wasted possessions. Uh I guess I would prefer I mean Jordan Addison's questionable right now for USC. Uh I would lean towards Arizona. I think there's plenty of backdoor potential here. Uh, Look, I've been impressed with USC. They've exceeded my expectations. I did not think this was a top 10 team. I thought they were much improved. I thought they can maybe win eight, nine games after winning only four a year ago. I did not expect them. I mean, they're on pace to win 10 or 11. Uh, So kudos for what Lincoln Riley's been able to do. But I think Arizona's also one of the most improved teams in the country this year. That was a team that i mean heck their season win total was only sitting at three three and a half and they're already sitting here with three wins uh so they're going to go over that uh anything above two touchdowns i think this total is telling you that there's going to be a ton of scoring ton up and down the field and i would not want to be laying more than two touchdowns in a type of game like this so for me arizona wouldn't would be the lane here
0: yeah so for me i'm glad it's just a lean because i like the other side and
1: like usc
0: yeah i do and i and i'm not the guy that kind of guy that laid double digits usually but this is a situation where usc coming off that utah loss and dude i'll tell you right now that utah home field advantage was a lot that game a heck of a lot it was. and um i i lost on utah and i believe and i deserved to lose it i thought usc was the better team That game and the 14 penalties or something was definitely lopsided, um, shaded towards (laughs) them. But, you know, it's not like they're Alabama, but it's like they give up a bunch of points. They're coming in. They get another week to discuss it on defense. Alabama gives up six to Mississippi State. You know, it's it's one of those big teams that should stop them. So that's going to start me leaning to the under right now. But as far as uh, USC, 1.25 positive net yards per play. Arizona is minus 0.46. Uh, here's where the advanced metrics tell me that USC is going to score at well. Uh, Arizona ranks 131st in opponent rushing success rate and 130th in opponent passing success rate. They're, they're dead last in opponent success rate. Now that blows my mind. And I like their quarterback, DeLora. And I thought he was good when he was in Washington State, and I thought it was a great pickup. But I just don't see how Arizona is going to stop USC. I think the USC comes hard here. They still got their eye on the prize. They, they probably watched my little segment where I had this craziness going on in the college football playoff, Brad. But uh, USC, I think lays one <laughs> on them. I and this is one of those situations that I just think they name their score and they get the heck out of Dodge. But I do appreciate what Arizona's done, and they're a little bit better than I thought they were, Brad.
1: Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you've pretty much sold me on that one. Uh, I'm not going to bet at SC, but I'm certainly not going to bet Arizona now after your handicap. So, oh, well, I appreciate uh, it. It would be under then for me. All
0: right. <laughs> now, now, I might be betting that under too. I just think that uh, uh, it's a good Let's see game. how
1: high it goes. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, a later game. People are going to be wanting and rooting for points. So let's see if we can get 77, 77 and a half.
0: Well, I'm curious what the – I mean, USC's pace is only 80th in tempo at 26.97 seconds per play. Arizona's faster, but they're 26th. It's not like they're top 10 in tempo. It's just nothing's telling me that this should go over um, necessarily. I know USC's defense hasn't been that great, but, you know. uh, They've
1: been been better than expected, at least since the start. I know everyone's going to remember the Utah game, but – before that, are three previous games, I thought they were starting to make some headway on that side of the ball.
0: Yeah, that's true. I thought so, too. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think that this total is getting a little – it only takes just a couple screw-ups to get this thing under. So that's what I would be yeah. rooting for if we uh, happen to fall into this. Well, let's get on it. probably the biggest game I would I would say this is the biggest game I know that the spread doesn't really say so but Ohio State versus Penn State for me is always massive Brad and I'm a Big Ten fan as you know and yep. um, I, this is a big spread at 15 and a half so here's my first thoughts before I really got in the handicap I kind of thought I was going to bet Penn State here but then I got to the yep. nu- I, I got into the nuts and bolts of it and yeah. <laughs> it kind of changed man why don't you break it down for our listeners Similar situation.
1: So, I mean, when you look at uh, just, I mean, it's almost a shocking number, especially if you follow. I mean, obviously I grew up in Ohio, so, I mean, I still, even though I live in Vegas now, I follow the Big Ten religiously, especially the Buckeyes, and they have struggled with Penn State. Now, not necessarily when it comes to wins and losses. They've won nine of the last ten, but the last six meetings have all been decided by less than this point spread. Uh, In fact, by an average of six points per game, not 15 and a half. James Franklin struggles with Michigan. He doesn't struggle with Ohio State. He usually plays a very competitive game against the Buckeyes. But then you start diving the numbers, and I just don't see a lot of path to success here for Penn State on either side of the ball. And I guess in the back of my mind, I go back to the game that they played against Michigan a couple weeks ago. They lost 41 to 17. And I'm here to tell you, that was a 24 point margin of victory. Should have been 44 if you watched the game. I thought Penn State was very fortunate to only lose by 24. I just, I, Ohio State's legitimately much better on the defense side of the ball this year. Uh, that's a big difference from past couple of years for the Buckeyes. They're getting healthier on offense. They don't have to deal with a night whiteout situation like they typically do at Penn I State. I wanted to
0: ask you about that. Did was there it's an probably worth a point? I think was the it, whiteout for
1: me is an extra point at least. I game.
0: would say one to two, man. Why, why is it not a whiteout game? Is, is there a deal now between these two teams that they don't do night games or something?
1: Uh, it's called Fox, and they want the best. They get the the number one game in the Big Ten per their contract. They, they want. They want. They want the noontime slot.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, they
1: don't want that going to ABC and Disney. So
0: I remember uh, the complaining that was going. I don't want to go to Penn State for the whiteout there. I remember there was some rumblings about that. I can't remember if it was Ohio, Ohio State or Michigan, but possibly besides the point. But uh, please carry on.
1: No, I mean that's pretty much it for me. I mean, I just I know you'll get more in the man's metrics, but I mean, it's not going to paint a pretty picture for Penn State here. Uh, and look, I know Sean Clifford uh, has been there ten years. Uh, but he can be inconsistent, and we just saw him play one of the better games of his career. So, and people are going to always overreact how they wanted a bench prior to last week. Uh, they got a couple of young stud running backs, but again, I I I go to the I compare Ohio State to Michigan, the other top team in the Big Ten, and just Penn State was completely outclassed in that game. And I just I want to get to the window on Penn State. I just I need seventeen to even consider it.
0: No, I me too. My number's 14 on the power ratings, but it, it's like Ohio State's now number one in my power ratings. They uh, me too. moved up recently, of course. After the first week against Notre Dame, they moved out. Then, yep, you, you look at that defense, and they're much better and much more improved than they were last year. Um, I if the Nittany Lions have a shot at covering the spread, it lies with their secondary. Um, I know they're pretty loaded with talent there in the secondary. Uh, the problem is Ohio State can also attack them with Meon Williams and Travion Henderson. Now, I mean, they're going to attack them big time like that. And so Penn State got gashed against the run, against Michigan. I mean, massively gashed. They only ranked the 50th in opponent rush EPA. So that's where uh, I, I I found like, oh, my man, maybe this spread is somewhat warranted here. Uh, Penn State, 67th in offensive EPA, 23rd on defense, very averagey. But, you know, this is one of those games you just feel like Ohio State can be like, all right, let's just show why everyone were the best and uh, they don't miss a beat. I know that Franklin's going to have some misdirection stuff, maybe some pass, sideway passes from Clifford, then back to him, and then down the field, okay. you know, those trick little gadgety plays. But um, Penn State, one difficult game versus Michigan, and they lost bad. Um, yeah they did redeem themselves against Minnesota, but Minnesota's been leaking oil the last three weeks. Um
1: back on quarterback first start.
0: I hope it doesn't get to 17 because I don't want to bet I don't want to yeah, bet that state, you. man. I almost wanna I almost want to just enjoy this one and watch it. But um the team total of the Buckeyes will be uh, 38 according to this uh total of 61. So I might take a team total on the Buckeyes over here. That's probably my I best. I could certainly here. see that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean because again Michigan was kind uh yeah I mean I don't know if 4117 uh that final certainly paints the picture I mean that Michigan in that game averaged 5.6 yards before first contact in that game <laughs> I, I mean that's like Michigan playing uh you know a high school down the road uh, I mean that it was unbelievable the way they pushed around Penn State's defensive front so I, that that cannot that images of that that game cannot escape my mind at least at this point that's why i just can't get there quite yet
0: exactly ohio state can just run the ball that's why you don't have a massive total 61 you know for ohio state game it's you know uh you would think penn state would be good enough to put a point hey this, this spread is pretty close to where it should be no disagreement from me but uh you picked this game uh cincinnati versus ucf ucf plus one i believe the total's around 56 now my biggest handicap against on east carolina last week was the fact that uh well ucf very fraudulent in some of those games but they also had the look ahead to this game so it worked out worked out for me last week what do you got here for this game against cincinnati
1: I think there was some look ahead. It certainly played out that way. I'm not sure that UCF was completely locked in. Well, how do you know that? It just Let's just not look at the final. Let's look at how sloppy UCF was in that game. They were minus four in turnovers against UCF. So I don't think that fine Obviously, you clearly had the right side. You won outright and won convincingly outright as a dog. But, again, I don't think the, the, the final score necessarily, the box score, it said a little, painted a little bit different story. So I don't think UCF is as bad as what we just saw. I also think we talk about atmospheres. This will be the best G5 home atmosphere of the entire season. The bounce house will be sold out. It's a very loud crowd. For I mean, it's 40,000. It's probably the loudest 40,000 fan base in the entire country. So uh, it's a Cincinnati team that's not used to playing in front of that in a week-in and week-out basis. I know they played Arkansas in the opener, but they haven't seen it since, really, as far as an atmosphere. And it's kind of a sell against Cincinnati. I've I've been involved in almost every single one of their games this year, mostly on Cincinnati, and they're they're just not clicking. Uh, I mean, when they face mobile quarterbacks, they struggle defensively, even including South Florida a couple weeks ago. They almost lost to Outrage, a four touchdown favorite. They should have shut down SMU last week. They couldn't do it. They give up the back door in that game. And I think a lot of it stems from this team is dead last in penalties, whether it's – penalty yardage, or the amount of penalties, dead last Cincinnati. Uh, I, I just I, – you can't do that on the road. We've seen in, in certain games, you mentioned USC-Utah, penalty disparity. texas Oklahoma State, an incredible penalty disparity last week. I just – you're not going to be able to get away with that on the road. So I think in a game that's basically pick them, you look at the st- statistical profiles of these two teams, I mean UCF's a little bit better in yards per game, points per game margin – They played similar schedules. Cincinnati's better in the yards per play basis, but not significantly. So both teams are in the top 15. So I just think, I mean, two teams are pretty much even in my power ratings. And when you factor in a pretty sizable home field advantage, give me UCF here.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I mean, looking at some of my metrics here, you see the offensive success rate UCF is 18th. It's only 73rd for Cincinnati here. You know, and defense isn't as much of a discrepancy. Of course, Cincinnati's at 8th. But a defense success rate down here at 32, and you're right, the uh, uh, yards per play margin, 1.58 for UCF and 2.37 for Cincinnati, so that's big. Um, great point about how penalties are being called. Oklahoma State, zero penalties last week. I mean, I was at Oklahoma yeah. State, thank God. But, geez, I kind of thought that it's BS to do that because you can literally call a foul or a penalty on any on most plays in football. We know that. And yep. uh, Ohio did the same thing against Northern Illinois. They had zero penalties at home. So you don't know what's going to happen. This feels a lot like UCF in this situation. So um, are you playing it or you leaning it?
1: Oh, I played it, best bet. And, in fact, I mean, if you pulled up your draft teams, You're going to see that uh... – uh, a little bit of money's coming on Central Florida here today, and they're now favored.
0: <laughs> well, there you go, Brad's uh, moving the line here already yeah. on UCF and uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, a little bit fraudulent this year. Yep, UCF up to minus two. Total fifty-six. <laughs> so-
1: I'm not saying it was me, but I'm telling you, <laughs> I mean, we, we put out picks and lines tend to move sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh, Brad, we know you're following my man. You did yeah. it. You did it. You're guilty. All right. You're guilty. Here's a, here's another line that just moved. Uh, it was 12 and a half earlier. It's, it's 12 yep. now, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee total is 63. Now my power ratings, Brad, and I wanted to ask you about this one is it, it plus those black uniforms for Tennessee. They're going to look really sharp here for this Halloween game. But, uh, my power rings 14, but I had lean Kentucky, and I might bet Kentucky. I'm wishing I'm losing value right now, but this game last year was fantastic. Uh, Tennessee yeah. went into Kentucky, stole that game. Kentucky knows how they play, but one thing that's wrong with Tennessee, their defense still sucks. you know. And and I almost think are they, they had Tennessee Martin last week. Could they still be letting down a little bit after that Alabama? I'm going to lean Kentucky, see where you are at on this one. I
1: certainly lean Kentucky. I really
0: want a 14, though, to get to the window. But I lean that way. I think
1: there's certainly correlation. If you lean Kentucky, I think you got to lean under. I mean, Kentucky's been better. They were horrific at the start of the season as far as running the football. Christopher Rodriguez, their outstanding running back, was suspended the first four games. They've gotten him back into the mix. Last game he had 31 carries for 197 yards. So um, that would be the path to success is to play keep away from Tennessee's offense. Uh, but you could also hit Tennessee through through the air. I mean, Tennessee's pass defense is atrocious, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the game plan is for Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if you can win a shootout. They did lose a close one last year, but that was a better Kentucky team and a worse Tennessee team. So I don't know if you want to necessarily follow that script from a year ago. <laughs> uh, lean Kentucky, but again, I wanted twelve. We're not. I mean, I wanted fourteen. I don't, we're not going to give fourteen. I think. The, they're the sharper of the two sides here, and uh, if anything, it might even close eleven. As far as I'm concerned.
0: All right, right. Well, here's I, okay. No, in, and I'll, I'll tell you this: I'm thinking the same thing. My number says Tennessee, but my uh, gut says Kentucky. And just the way that these coaches know each other, part of the reason why I bet Syracuse last week was how Dino Babers knows the the coach, and just somehow matches he up does. well. You know, that's that was part of my handicap last week. Now. Let's look. Oh God, Nebraska! Is there a scarier, more of a scary play this week in Halloween than betting on Nebraska <laughs> with this hook? They're teasing you right here, seven and a half. They're teasing you, man. Yeah. Oh God, not oh, me. I like God. Illinois. Oh, I probably like Illinois too. Uh, here's a here's a disgusting spread, Brad, and and it's sad because these two schools. <laughs> Have played great games, and I and I might have brought up the one good treat I had when Michigan State stole that punt away from Michigan and ran it all the way in uh, five, six, seven, whatever it was years ago. That was a, just an insane game candy remember. they were already covering i
1: had michigan state that game okay they were already covering i will say that that would that okay. would certainly came to mind if that was the reason why i covered that game but they were getting more than a touchdown.
0: i i yep i couldn't exactly remember i remember being on michigan state i wasn't sure if i was Yeah, i was too awesome that was another wonderful game but now it's a 23 point spread total is 55 brad This is another one where my numbers say Michigan minus 21 and a half. So it's not quite to betting being a point and a half off, especially when you're in the 20s here. But I want to bet Michigan State. I I think this is a closer game. I think they give it their all. I think Michigan's kind of maybe in that spot where, you know, they think they're a little bit too bad for what they are. I I don't know. Uh, What's your handicap on this?
1: So I think it's totally square uh as far as back in Michigan State but I'm I'm back in Michigan State because I'm here to tell you if they cover and it's a close game that would be my biggest regret of the entire weekend is not betting Michigan State because I've seen this rivalry for two decades now and Michigan one time out of the last 19 years they've beaten Michigan State by more than three touchdowns and I know they're saying all the right things, how they're taking the game seriously. They had a bye week. They're going to try to step on the throat on little brother. But they've been saying that forever now, and they never do it. And the coaches change, the players change, and similar result. Even Harbaugh versus Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker has won both games outright. Uh, I, I think Smarty keeps it close. pertinent to this year. They played, they're they off their best game of the season prior to their bye. This gets Wisconsin. They outplayed Wisconsin. I was anti-Michigan State that game. And they look like they're getting healthier in the pass game. A couple of their receivers stood out. Oh, I had too many points in a big rivalry game, especially with a little brother that always has a chip on their shoulder. Get can play the disrespect card once again, and Michigan can dominate this game, win by seventeen to twenty-one points. Feel good about themselves, but yet we feel good because we cashed the Michigan State ticket.
0: Very true. The only problem is, do you trust Harbaugh to not run it up?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll try. I mean.
0: Maybe he's not in the uh, situation. Maybe we're it's an 8 point game.
1: Where, oh, he'll run it up. I bet him this was like uh four or five years ago. They played in the rain and I mean I bet Michigan in that game and they lost the game outright. You would have thought at home off I mean, they just Yeah. I've seen the rivalry enough to to respect Michigan State here. I, I like Sparty.
0: All right. No, I no disagreement here. My numbers even kind of say it. So maybe twenty-three is the highest it gets, and uh, that'd be a good place to fire on that one. I was just looking at Kansas State here, minus one and a half against Oklahoma State. I guess you'd call it a letdown situation with Oklahoma State with that big win. But same yep. same thing, now they can play that underdog card again. Why why do dogs here against Kansas State? No, I lean TCU at minus three and a half because my numbers weren't agreeing with it. I saw the sharp money that came in on Kansas State, and I know you had a great number last week. But if you look at the box score, um, I think Howard went in as quarterback. I think uh, um, yep. Sanchez went out. Um, or uh, what's his name? Martinez. I get those He went out, and yeah. I, then all of a sudden, Howard does good. They're up twenty-eight to ten. You know, and one of our my listeners, Patrick Backus, asked me about this box score. I said that TCU might have been the right side anyway. I said. Because they outgained them by a lot, but at the same time, they prepare for Martinez. Howard comes in and jumps them. I've seen this happen before. They they didn't prepare for that quarterback. They prepared for more running from Martinez, and then TCU kind of gets it in gear and, and and puts it up. What do you think about the box score here? Do you think that TCU is the right side still or the wrong side last week?
1: Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have Kansas State colored glasses, but I think. Kansas State covers. If Will Howard doesn't get hurt, he gets hurt and misses a couple series. And then they have to go to the third string quarterback. So I think Kansas State was I mean, when you got an underdog that's up 18 points outright at one point, I I mean, I know they're 60 minute games, but and then they missed two field goals too. Uh I think Kansas State was the right side. Okay. But again, I bet Kansas State was one of my favorite plays of the week last week. With that being said, I am not betting Kansas State this week. Injury injury concerns for Martinez. I don't think he plays. Oklahoma State's got a ton of injuries. To me, it's just a no bet. I don't want e- nothing to do with either team right now.
0: Yeah, it's an ugly situation for Oklahoma State, too. It's it's a no bet. It's an interesting game. But um, my handicap also was Martinez in his turnover So I thought that I didn't bet tcu i played him in a contest that's it but it was yeah it's, it's a great question you know i kind of think that just the, the amount of yards is, yeah the amount and of a yard. lot of times
1: it's who you bet pre-flop it's going to paint the picture you try to stay neutral pull you remove yourself uh but but sometimes it's tough
0: especially when we're angry <laughs> it's like that's yeah. what paints the picture yeah it, and it was a massive uh well it was it was a pretty good uh difference in yards which is why i thought I, oh was yeah absolutely over a hundred five hundred five yards difference um and tcu benefited in two turnovers but tcu was sacked four times so one of those situations well, here um, this is how
1: scared i was when tcu scored right before the half to cut it to 28 17 i thought i was dead <laughs> so to tell you.
0: Yeah, there you oh. go right there well that was that was the same thing with uh when i bet when, when i had the carolina panthers up 10 to 7 against the rams i'm like my 10 and a half is dead <laughs> it was yeah. and it was the very the very yeah. next uh half it was like you know it was just, you found out carolina couldn't score of course then they go ahead and beat the bucks which we don't have to Get into here, but I thought that was an interesting game to look at. And uh, Northwestern versus Iowa, we can probably skip that one, right? Brad, we don't have to talk about Northwestern Iowa.
1: I did bet the over because they opened at 31 and a half, the lowest total I've ever seen at the FPS level. Oh my god,
0: that's like going back to the rugby days, man. (laughs) Yeah, if they had totals, that's what some of those would have been back in the day. Um, yeah, that's just absolutely disgusting. Here, I think we covered the main games, man. Um, I don't see anything. Too, oh, oh, oh! Actually, Auburn. What, what do you think of Auburn this week? They're three and a half point dogs. Here's the weird thing about them: they're coming off the buy. Which Auburn do you get? The one that actually is really quitting on Harrison, or do you get the one that just surprises everybody against Arkansas? You know, that's that's where I'm trying to uh, get my mind right.
1: I don't know. I think. I will say I think Auburn's the sharper of the two sides. I didn't get to the window personally because of the coaching mismatch. I think the world of Sam Pittman, when they needed a win to turn around their season at BYU, they got it prior to the bye. They needed – They needed uh, both teams played a really tough schedule, and they both needed a buy. But, I mean, I just trust Sam Pittman more than I do Brian Harsin. But uh, numbers-wise, I think Auburn's the right side
0: auburn is the right side my friend all right i don't disagree with that i think it's a trick spot to think arkansas is going to cover this uh three and a half will i get some the window maybe we'll see what happens with that one brad we're out of time thank you so much for coming on our halloween episode breaking down all these wonderful games But man where could our viewers and listeners get your great information and in plays?
1: they can uh first follow me on twitter at brad power seven uh and you can if you like what you see on the twitter then you can go to my website bradpowersports.com
0: awesome make sure you guys check out brad powers brad once again have a wonderful weekend enjoy your halloween
1: hey thanks for having me it was really fun
0: all right my friends to recap i am going with arizona versus usc i'm going to usc minus 15 for 2.5 stars that's the best bet also going to go with Michigan State plus 23 Brad Powers uh, pretty much brought me to the window on that one I do agree it's just too big of a situation and too big of a rivalry to not take this massive dog here I'm also taking Georgia team total over 39 for one star and we do have a little disagreement on that one and I also have disagreement on Virginia I took Virginia plus three and obviously still like it some at plus two for point five stars also can't forget that Ohio State's team total I didn't take it yet but I'm looking to take that over 38 when those lines actually come out as well as when the Georgia comes I would I think I like Ohio State's team total at 38 a little bit more being that the weather should be better and so I will take that for 1.5 stars now it is time for the short side of the force the sharp side of the force is brought to you by Betfred.com for two hundred fifty dollars worth of free bets. Please visit Betfred, use the promo code Odds twenty two. Terms, conditions, and location apply. All right, college football week nine sharp money movement as of Wednesday, October twenty sixth. Sharp money on Southern Miss plus two and a half, two minus one and a half hosting Louisiana. 56% of the tickets and 91% of the money. Sharp on Florida State, minus 20 to minus 24.5. Hosting Georgia Tech, 56% of the tickets, 86% of the money. Probably because most likely no Sims quarterbacking for Tech. Eastern Michigan hosting Toledo, plus nine to plus six and a half. 77% of the tickets and 90% of the money. Sharp on USC, minus 14 and a half to minus 15 and a half or 16 in some books at Arizona. 78% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp Man, Tulsa, plus three. To plus two and a half hosting SMU, 59% of the tickets in 86% of the money. Sharp totals. Utah versus Washington State under 56.5 to 54.5, 38% of the tickets, 74% of the money. Try my Notre Dame versus Syracuse under 54.5 to 48. 40% of the tickets and 95% of the money. That's a big one. Uh, short money on Oregon versus Cal over 56.5 to 59. Not often we hear over on a Cal game. 62% of the tickets and 86% of the money. Sharp money on Kentucky versus Tennessee over 56 to 62.5. 41% of the tickets and 57% of the money. And sharp money on Ole Miss versus Texas A&M under 62.5 all the way down to 55.5. of the tickets and 97% of the money. Sharp NFL as of Wednesday, October 26th. Sharp money on Texans. Plus four to plus two. 33% of the tickets. 51% of the money. Sharp me on the Seahawks. Minus two to minus three. Hosting the Giants. 56% of the tickets and 71% of the money. Sharp uh, totals. Broncos versus Jaguars under 46 to 39.5. 78% of the tickets and 95% of the money in London. Short money on the Titans versus the Texans under 41 to 40.5. 60% of the tickets and 95% of the money. Short money on the Cardinals versus Vikings over 47.5 to 49. 85% of the tickets and 91% of the money. My friend, thank you so much for listening to our show just a massive slate of games this weekend a special thanks to brad powers for coming back on and breaking down college football everyone enjoy the weekend enjoy all of the halloween festivities and go get some winners